Crew Pros, your single source for high-quality, affordable home services. If you are remodeling, repairing, or replacing, Crew Pros are the professionals that can do the job no matter the size. If you are thinking of remodeling your kitchen or bath, needing a new HVAC system, plumbing repairs, flooring, or a complete roof replacement, call Crew Pros. Crew Pros, proud sponsor of the Grizz 901 podcast. Memphis, 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 Nothing but Memphis. Everywhere we go, it's Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee, the beautiful land in the world. And I'm thankful for this this guy who tweeted and said I don't have that fire in my eye no more. That game right there was for him. That's what I do. I fool people wrong each and every night, and that's for him right there. Hi, this is Tom Izzo at Michigan State, and you're listening to Grizz 901. What up, Grizz Nation? And welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. We are presented by Zach Jaworski State Farm, where they treat you like family. I am your host, Daniel Greer, and today he's virtually selling. He is the professor, Nate. What's up, man? Oh, hey, didn't see you there. I was just reading what the Grizzlies have been reading the past couple weeks, you know, just virtually selling every night. Night in and night out, just selling. The perfect line right here. What keeps you up at night? Where is the pain? It's everywhere. It's everything keeping me up at night right now. Virtually selling. Story of the Grizz past two weeks. I'm upset and offended. I'm not as upset and offended as a lot of people right now. I can say that. I can't even get words together, man. That, listen, I didn't know that was happening. <sighs> I had. I'm no actually clue. reading through this book right now. It's it's a good book, but it's not good if you're if you're the team. Yeah. Uh, Let's <laughs> get into Lives it, Matter. buddy. Black Lives Matter coming in, dude. We're we're not even a minute in. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. Filling up the chat. Hey, Hogwarts Legacy um, comes out in a few days. The Last of Us new episode premieres tonight. There's a lot of good things going on in life. So, all right. Well, listen, we're going to talk you off the bridge, you know, obviously tonight uh, about <laughs> the Grizzlies just in general. But I have to say, this is going to be a spicy, spicy podcast for the simple fact that me and Nathan Maybe. have already po- talked a little bit. Um, about some things before this before, before this podcast started, so we do disagree, um, but we haven't shared our complete thoughts. Uh, we wanted to save it for the pod, <laughs> uh, Bill Walton, um, and so wanted to just kind of share a little bit of how this is going to go down. Honestly, we don't have a clue, but we are going to get into Taylor Jenkins because we have to, right? Uh, that's the talk of the entire you know Grizzly spaces just in general. Um, but also we're going to talk a little bit more about the team, about what's going on with Ja, because dude, that the reports aren't good. Right. Um, and there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that probably we could bring up and talk about, um, the, the in-game adjustments there's, there's a lot that, that encapsulates this podcast. Okay. So it's going to go so many different directions. So stay with us. Uh, we're going to make sure we kind of ride the bull a little bit. We're going to try to stay on, uh, for eight seconds here, but, um, Let's go ahead and get into it. The Grizzlies, they take the L at home. They're now 32 and 21. Raptors 106, Grizzlies 103. And honestly, after having a 15 point lead, 
they take the loss at home. And I think you just told me it was a 41 point quarter. No, 41 point second half for the Grizzlies. Oh, wow. Yeah. What do you, wow. 41 wow. point second half, 17 point fourth quarter. What do you, th- what do you think the reasoning of that is? Like if you had to just put your finger, I know it's more than one thing. What do you think the biggest problem is? Like, why do you only score 41 points in a quarter or in a half? They just don't value possessions, man. They don't go out there with a sense of urgency. You know, it's one of those things where they they started to coast towards the end of the game. But they were coasting most of the game. You know, they sort of get into these actions, and then they just throw up the first open shot that comes through. And it's when you don't value possessions and it gets to a one-possession game, that's what happens. Who's who's at fault? Who, Who changes that? I mean, that's a culture thing. Culture thing comes down to one main thing to me, and that's coaching. Okay. For being honest, like, I mean, it's you got to have either your star player decide something, which Morant, I mean, we're going to get into other Morant stuff later, but, you know, he's an enabler in a really good way on the team, right? Of he wants to empower everybody else to play their game, but. You need people who are going to also get in you when you're not doing right, you know. And I don't know if that's, I don't think that's there on this team, right? It's why I like Jay Crowder for this team. Nothing to do with basketball, everything to do with Jay Crowder will let you know when you are screwing up. But ultimately, hmm. it comes down to a coach. It comes down to a coach walking the line of empowering guys, but also saying, like, with 18 seconds left on the clock, you don't take that shot. And it's not the culture. It's been stated. It's it's very adamantly not the culture. All right, so let me stop you a little bit there because, yes, I agree that it does come down to culture, the coaching, the philosophies, right, of the coach. But do we know that that's not being said? Because yes. I'm, I'm seeing a very animated Coach Jenkins tonight throwing up his hands, calling timeouts, completely pissed off. He's pissed off after the game talking about uh, not valuing the p- possessions and turnovers and stuff like that. So he's talking about it. He looks like he's animated enough to talk about it and pissed off during the game. Do you think that's him and the culture? Or do you think that's just these young guys that haven't been there before that are completely like just puckering up and just giving the ball away? Sort of, but at the end of the game, you're also going to – Tyus Jones. I mean, this gets into a larger thing of coaches, so we won't get into that part of it. We won't get into that part of it yet. But part of it's I, I definitely wanna, there's young I guys. I want to go there when you're when you're done. Yeah, with yeah, this, yeah. Uh, but part of it is definitely young guys. But that's a personnel thing. Listen, you're throwing out Zaire Williams and Santi Aldama, which I mean, I wish Zaire would play more like Santi, which is something I never thought I would say. But you're throwing out guys that don't have that much experience or just aren't that good. So why are we so why are we so down on the coaching for that part of it? Like, because now you're given an excuse. Well, and- because he said so many times, "Let that mother effer fly." Uh, like, I, I mean, you can only say that so many times before that becomes what everybody associates your coaching philosophies with, and you can only say it so many times where that's what your players associate your coaching philosophy with. Like, it's a culture shift that maybe he's trying to make happen, but like, at the end of the day, you set the table. You yeah. set the table with that. So when guys are letting that mother effort fly, you're like, they're doing what they're told to do. So All it's right. like, I mean, that's that's where that comes from. All right. So 
All right. So I do agree and disagree with you. The, the point I do agree with is, yes, I understand like, hey, you that can't always be the philosophy. Right. So you can't always be like, let that effort, you know, MF or fly. Right. Because sometimes throughout the game is different than whenever it's the end and it's crunch time. But that's the, also the other thing is I'm going to kind of disagree with it, too, is. That's kind of got them to a 32 and 21 record and they're second in the West. So at some point it also mm. is working out to their favor. So you can't have it both ways, right? That. But you can also adjust, right? You can also adjust and say, Hey, listen, I get it. But at, at this point in the game, we have to value possessions. Like you're talking about, we have to value the possessions and say, Hey, I get that. We normally preach let that mf or five but you cannot in late game crunch time moments just pull up when you want to like the ball needs to go into other certain people's hands well, and let them be the person who creates the offense my issue isn't with the late game stuff i mean the late game stuff was abysmal tonight but in general it's the random possessions in the second and third quarter you don't get 20 turnovers all in crunch time. You get 20 turnovers throughout the game. But guess what? You only have 18 turnovers. That game could look completely different, right? And it's the we're trying to get out and run, and so we throw out this lazy pass, or we want to make this sweet pinpoint pass in the paint, and then we throw it away to a guy, right? Like you just can't have those little things. And it's your star guys that do it, right? I mean, yeah. Jaws gotten a ton better about turnovers the past couple months, but Dez – Dude, Dez is way too loose with the ball. Yeah. Well, he's Brandon, always been like that. Yeah, but it's like that's the kind of stuff that needs to not happen, right? Like how many yeah. times if you, instead of turning the ball over, you just got an A shot off. 20 times in a game, you can bet four of them are going to go in. Four of those shots go in, you win this game by close to double digits, right? It's little stuff like that that they still don't value. Right. And then the game slows down way too much in the fourth quarter when they have a lead. It's, I don't care if there's a minute left. Unless you're up by six, seven, eight with a minute left, run your offense, get into it, get some actions going. This, the going to Tyus at the end of the game in a pick and roll with Xavier Tillman baffles me. I do not understand that. Let's hit there because the possession right before. He, he hit a floater. floater. Right. It's so, still not your best offense. You have Jared and Dez. Okay. I get it. I get it. Okay. He hits the shot. All right, if he hits so let's the shot, go back. it's a completely different thing, and they win the game. I get it. But, but here's let's the go thing. back to it then. Still All right. not the best. You have no. you have a your guard, your point guard, right? Pick and roll because that's the only offense they run, right? That is. Let's just be honest. Which they is a problem. Not, I, I agree on that part, okay? I, and I don't want to go there because that's a whole nother – can of worms you go to tyus and he pick and rolls perfect beautiful floater tyus jones pick and roll beautiful floater and he misses it so the next possession they go to bain who gets to the front of the, or gets to the rim whatever and gets blocked right no he so at what point how, how are we having our cake and eat it too? like we have our best player on the court take it that time but the previous time we went back to the guy who just got a floater so like why is that a criticism of a coach I don't I don't because understand that it's part. It's not your best offense, Daniel. That floater, as much so as what Tyus, else? as much as we think Tyus is money with that floater, I would love to go see the percentages. And it's not as good as running some kind of action for Jaron or Bain, who are better. 
They're better. But they did do a Bane action the next the And it next worked series. to perfection. He just smoked a layup, which is like Oh no, he got completely blocked. No, he didn't. Go back got, and look. He just smoked it, dude. He just no, smoked he got, it. That was the he possession where he gets layup. blocked by uh Van Vliet. I'm talking about the one towards the end of the game where they got him in and out of timeout and he actually got a layup straight away at the rim and smoked it. Well, right. Yes. I'm talking about the last few possessions, but yes, whatever. I, oh, I know what you want. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It was a terrible play. <laughs> what do you want me to say? They give him the ball and the, it's the exact Daniel. same play Daniel. that Scotty Barnes did the time before. And he G- made Scotty it. Barnes is huge. Desmond <laughs> Over Bain. Jaron? Is that really the play that they should be going to? Scotty Barnes, <laughs> one, had been cooking. I agree. Two, he just made a good shot. I'm not saying I love it. I didn't I'm love just, that play. I wouldn't have trusted that play. You know what he did? Daniel, this is why it makes me mad. He gives the ball to Bain and asks him to do what he would want John Morant to do. They run that play no. all the time. Yes. They, it was you a know pass. the Suns game last year? Do you know the Suns game last year where John yes. hit the game winner and it was, oh, he traveled? You do realize it's the same exact play, except for Bain isn't Ja and Fred Van Vliet stayed home. That's the only difference in that play. It's the only difference. Guess what? Desmond Bain isn't John Morant. I agree. But who else are you going to go to? I, you, listen, I'm not saying you, you go to the down? wrong guy, Daniel. I'm saying run an action, set some screens, have something drawn up besides give him the ball at the top of the paint and go get a bucket, not John Morant. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Um, listen, the thing is, like, should we have kind of ran maybe some action toward Jaron? Maybe. But also, Jaron's standing at the three-point line. Like, hey, buddy. Hey, I'm not you talking about the last three. play of the game, dude. Huh? I'm not I, talking about the last play of the game. I'm not talking about the last play of the game. I'm talking about the on Bain. Like, Jaron, Jaron's out at the yeah. three-point line just standing there because that's all he does. Or he actually goes into the paint and they somewhat find him sometimes. That's the point that I'm trying to make is they ran – pretty much back to back to Bain, he catches it and he drives immediately. He has the edge, right, on Van Vliet. What happens is, I think it was, was it Scotty Barnes or it might have been Siakam? Yeah, one of, yeah, somebody comes over to help, and that's how Van Vliet gets the block, right? That, okay, so this is what I'm saying. If Tyus Jones makes his second floater, everything's right in the world. If Bain goes up and makes that, Everything's right in the world, but let's mm. let's put the let's flip it around. Scotty uh, Scotty Barnes twice came in and made a just a jump shot. Who, and to your point, he was cooking, but so was Desmond Bain at some point in the game. Tyus Jones was he was okay, but he looked he he was looking fine. Right, he wasn't like he was terrible, but his floater is his game. Uh, it hasn't been as much this year. I understand that. But that is his game. But let's just say that if Scotty Barnes doesn't make those two shots over Jaron Jackson Jr., potential defensive player of the year, those aren't probably the best plays. But there was no action. There was zero action from the Toronto Raptors. He just made his. That's the difference is what I'm trying to make. My point, he made his. The Grizzlies didn't make theirs. But they had the exact same very similar plays. I just think some team made it, some team didn't. I, but why don't you run a play? Like the whole thing is you have a they guy never on the run Raptors. Plays. 
And I think it's a problem. <laughs> like, I disagree with, like, yeah, if they win, everybody feels a lot better about it. I would right. not be on here personally saying, oh, all is right in the world. Okay. Because that keeps happening, dude. And listen, I'm not I'm not a Taylor Jenkins hater. I'm not on the fire Taylor Jenkins train. I think he's got some growing pains as well as everybody 100%. else. But, like, dude, I mean, he doesn't – like, I text you – before the end of the game, and I was like, he ain't running jack out of these out-of-timeout plays. Yeah. He's not calling anything. Why not? Why not draw something up? Like, can you can you just not do it? Because if so, that's a problem. Do you just well, refuse to do it? They so, if so I, I why? Remember, is that because you got guys who are too dumb to do it? Like, what's yeah, the issue? So, oh, I remember two of them, and literally we turned the ball over on the second pass out of a timeout. I'm just like, what are we doing? So – I don't want to criticize Again, they don't him value for that, possessions enough. but I also want to say that, yes, his out-of-timeouts have not been great lately. But um, I, I will say, I'll bring up uh, Black Lives Matter, um, what his chat says, they need to have those same sets in the half court. And I agree. Uh, one point I want to bring up, um, and I know we've been kind of going back and forth on Taylor Jenkins, but one thing I do want to bring up is, obviously, there's two different styles of offense on this game. Uh, not in this game, but in general, Same. when Ja is either on the court or not on yeah. the court. But I do want to say that Ja is the guy who closes in the fourth quarter. And you have yeah, to have that in close games. You have to have that in the playoffs. Okay. That is numero uno. The reason that Ja Morant is Ja Morant is because he can close those by himself. But I wish what would happen is more of the style of offense that the Grizzlies ran tonight even when, when Bain was in the game and they had him going kind of like a point guard Bain um, where he could actually have the ball more kind of passing it back and forth. Uh, they play, they did that in the first court, the first half, and they didn't do as, as much of that in the second half. And that's probably the reason that maybe he was kind of out of rhythm. But what I would like to see going forward, and I don't know if it's possible, but in the first couple, maybe three quarters, if you want to go all the way to the third quarter, Maybe don't go to jaw where it's just pick and roll jaw, go downhill. Maybe we work to get the ball open to other players, more movement, more action to where these players do get more involved and we do have less of a load and less of a thing we have to look for to jaw. To where then, when it does come down the fourth quarter, he's more fresh and can actually go and just kind of call 12. No, I, listen, I still – I saw some dude – tweet out this season is a wash which is <laughs> hey let's call him out nathan chester yeah yeah it you was, call it I mean, call the season a wash i don't understand that at all there's still the second seed in the west the nuggets just got blasted by the t wolves the kings just got blasted by the pelicans listen it's been a rough rough few weeks there's no if ands or buts about that at the end of the day they turn it on tomorrow get going get cooking all's well in the world. And I think they can. Listen, Stephen Adams, I know we don't want Stephen Adams to be that important to this team. As much as we yes. all claim to love him, I don't want him to be that important to this team. But guess what? He is. Yeah. He is that important to what this team does. And at the end of the day, he's one of your top four, probably top three most impactful players on the team. Mm. He just is. He's that important. It doesn't show up in box scores, but he's that important to this team. So not having him is a huge problem. And outside of that, listen, that 
the five-game losing streak, there's a couple of bounces. If they'd have paid more attention, if they'd have cared more about possessions, <laughs> it wouldn't have been a five-game losing streak. So the season being a wash is absurd. Yeah. That being said, there's still things that need to change on this team. Like, and when Ja comes back and they have all their starting five, they have all their personnel, I still think they can keep up with anybody. I really do. I, I think, and I don't think they would even be in the playoffs. Stomp. Yes, even in the playoffs. If they're playing like this, which they've lost all of their mojo. I mean, all of their mojo is gone right now. So they've got to find it again. The personnel, yeah. Do I I think still you consolidate assets and make a trade? Personally, I still think you need to do that. That being said, can they compete with everybody in the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. They have the personnel to compete. They have the personnel to win. Personally, I don't think they have enough shooting to win. I just don't. Um, but at the end of the day, the biggest thing here, I got pulled up 20 turnovers to 11 turnovers, 29 points off turnovers to 17 points off turnovers. Taylor Jenkins didn't lose that game with bad sets. He didn't lose it with bad lineups or rotations. And he was working with a bare bones rotation as it was in the first place. The Grizzlies turned it over 20 times and gave up almost 30 points. Like, there's not much else you can do off that. Not to mention all the second chance points they gave up, which they actually out-rebounded the Raptors, but wow. they gave up 11 offensive rebounds and the Raptors made all 11 count, right? Mm-hmm. And they just got out-hustled tonight. They didn't value possessions well enough. And at the end of the day, it's there's going to be turnovers in the game, but like they didn't make a matter tonight. It was Conchar throwing it because he wasn't paying attention. It was Tyus not making an accurate pass. It was Jaron throwing it to the middle of nowhere. It's the little stuff like that where you you gained nothing if you actually made the pass, right? It's not the, oh, we're trying to get to somebody in the paint. We're trying to get to somebody under the basket or something. It's just lazy passing, and that can't happen. But I think this team is fine. I still think they need to make trades. Like, you still need shooting. You just still need shooting. I mean, at the end of the day, I was looking at the bench before we came on here. Which today, obviously, is not good. But your bench today, Z-Will, Roddy, Conchar, Danny Green, Brandon Clark. You can throw in Tyus Jones there. I guess you can throw Santi Aldama there. I mean, the only ones I trust off that bench are Aldama and Tyus. I'm a huge Roddy fan, but I don't trust him in crunch moments. He's not a guy I want on the court, right? Could he be there? Sure, absolutely, but. That's not what you want, man. That's not what you want coming off the bench. Who's going to take those shots? Yeah, it's just not there. I agree. Um, when you when you look at the the second half in general, and I look at eleven overall shots for Santiago Dama, he took two in the second half. That is not a coaching issue. That's a player issue, not getting to his shots, or the other team. Just adjusting and making small adjustments, which is a which that is a coaching move, uh, maybe to change some personnel, and then Santi just couldn't take over. But also, Desmond Bain had six shot attempts in the second half compared to eleven in the first half. That is a big deal as well. You have to have your best player taking shots. What was the difference? I don't know. I haven't had a chance to really watch the game back and see the difference because we're all involved in it. Yes, and they. Yeah, you're right. Um, Black Lives Matter said they did go zone and d- zone does kill the team. You know who usually flourishes in zone? And that's BC. Brandon Clark. 
And Brandon Clark couldn't stay on the court because he was getting cooked tonight. <laughs> Every chance they had, they went at BC. And they just, same size, bigger, it didn't matter. He couldn't guard them. And that was the difference. And that's why he played. Um, I, I know it wasn't many. I'm going to go look at it real quick. Uh, but overall, Brandon Clark played almost 16 minutes, 15-54, 16 minutes tonight. And he wasn't atrocious, but I don't know if there's anybody that was just like, oh, my God, get him off the court. But David Roddy was okay. He didn't really hurt you that I saw in general. Zaire Williams was a no-show. He is a non-factor. He does nothing right now. Brandon Clark was get, just getting cooked. Danny Green was getting cooked. Conchar, he had a terrible first half. Second half looked much yeah, better. Yeah, I thought he actually was fine in, the, in this game. Yeah, but the first, but the first half, he he was getting just where he just wasn't doing anything. But he hit his one shot right. If that's what he wants to do, three rebounds, whatever. Like well, that's what I'm saying. It's man. still a non-factor though. You got to consolidate Conchar plus somebody and something, and go get somebody who is you want taking more than one shot. Yeah. There's some guys out there, and listen, it's I'm not team trade because this team could be better if they had someone else. I'm team trade because this team specifically needs shooting. They do. And there is shooting available for not that expensive. The Gary Trent Jr. asking price that was put out there is not high. No. And that guy can come help this team. Got to make salaries work, but listen, that guy can go knock down shots. He's going to take more than one shot. You want him taking more than one shot. You got a guy like I haven't heard about him in a while, but Alec Burks, he's out there. Malik Beasley, you got guys who can go fill that need. And they're there for the taking, right? Like, go get them. And they're just not that far off. You know, it's it's a rough patch. It seems like the sky is falling. But the truth is they're not that far off from being able to really shoot for the big time. Yeah, And you can go the development route, but I think it's a mistake to waste a single year where you have that you have that option so yeah and listen and we're not critical of these guys because we don't like them like i love like every one of these players of course. and i've and i've said this many a times on this podcast i've said it in real life i've actually you know i've actually talked to my friends about it sometimes um but i've said on here mainly that it's so much fun to root for good dudes and especially winning winning players, but mainly good dudes because you have dudes that you feel good about cheering for because they play the right way, they have fun, and honestly, they do win. And so I don't have any problems with that. I like this team, but the problem is, is they have a very young bench and they have an opportunity right now. They have an opportunity cool. to be good, whether it's this year, next year, the year after. The window is not closing. But I do believe that they have a very, very good chance to go add a piece or two that makes this team better. And I'm not talking about a starter. If you want to keep Dylan Brooks and possibly try to sign him in the offseason, so be it. Whatever. I'm not even saying Gary Trent Jr. is the right decision because he is a lot of money and you're probably losing yeah. him in the offseason. But you could keep him. Who knows? He could give you a lot and you might choose him over Dylan Brooks in the offseason and give him $20 million compared to <laughs> Dylan Brooks and letting Dylan Brooks walk. Like, that could happen. More, but I think, making a, <laughs> I think making a decision and maybe consolidating some of these young guys, because I don't know if they're going to be playable on a consistent basis in a playoff game 
before their second contract. And that is the issue. And if your issue is that, then go get another second contract. Let them go develop somewhere else. And uh, we'll go, we'll get them kind of <laughs> like they did. You don't want right? We got rid of him. Somebody else picked him up and he became good three or four years down the road. So yeah. sometimes it takes many years and a lot of reps to get to where you're a good NBA player. Which if you're the Thunder, you keep playing these guys. You just True. have them come and you play them, but you're not the Thunder. You're the Grizzlies and you're the second seed in the West. And you had a good chance to make a West Finals last year. Yeah. You have a really good chance to make a West Finals Finals this year. You don't just sit around and wait for all that because the idea of these guys going into their primes and not being there yet and the windows just now opening is like a great idea. Love that. That window can slam shut at any moment because one bad thing happens. That's, that's all it takes. Right. And so that's why I'm, that's why I'm like that. And I got into a, I kind of want to bring this up, but I got into a very weird interaction with our guy swing past sports the other day about John Conchar. I was not, let me be really clear, trashing John Conchar because I like John Conchar. I don't ever want to hate on Jitty. I don't like he's a he's a glue bench guy. He's a yeah, he's a fine guy. I wish he would do more for this team, but I'm not sitting there hating on him. But because he happened to be the example of a wide open miss three following a Chetty Osman wide open hit three, I was like, this is the problem for the Grizzlies. They need somebody who will hit that shot Chetty Osmond made. To which apparently it came out that I was hating Jetty, and I had to explain several times over that that is not, in fact, what I was doing. I was just pointing out a team problem. It's not Jetty. And while that was weird, and I still don't understand exactly what was going on there, <laughs> he did bring up a good point, which is the ninth man in the rotation is not the person who should be blamed for the loss. Yeah, And I tend to agree. It's very, very rare where that would happen. I would say, I don't know, Zaire Williams a few games ago was the one guy who <laughs> lost us one game, I would say. I was a very unhappy camper after that. But all that to say, he's right. John Conchar is not losing us these games. That's not what's happening. But if you take John Conchar plus Jake LaRavia plus some picks and turn it into – Malik Beasley, Gary Trent Jr., Alec Burks, Luke Kennard, whoever, seventh man, all of a sudden that guy can help you win the game. That's a more productive piece, and it's addition by subtraction. And I just, like, they need to do that. And again, it's not hating on these other guys. I think Jake LaRavia, I mean, I, I have my doubts, but he absolutely could turn into a really good NBA player. John Conchar, I love John Conchar. I think he belongs in the NBA. I don't want him to be a mainstay rotation on my contending team, though. And as all these other guys can be upgraded together into one piece that helps this team more than the sum of these parts. And that needs to happen. That just needs to happen. And again, this front office, they have the jobs and we don't for a reason. But this is the first year I will be genuinely disappointed and think it's a mistake to not do anything at the trade deadline. Yeah. So we'll see what they do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I wrote about it. If Nathan will ever edit it and put it out, I have an article that will be coming out no. talking about the window. Your um, writing's trash, bro. It, th- my writing is bad. I was hoping you'd <laughs> edit it and make it look good. Um, but I will say that the window is, is small, but it's also big. And it really depends on what you do in this 
offseason or maybe this trade deadline as how big, how long or whatever the window is like the opportunity that presents itself. Um, and And the Grizzlies, honestly, they have an opportunity this year that nothing they do this season at the trade deadline will affect that window next year. And honestly, I don't know if there's much that they can do that will affect the the window the year after because you're about to have Bain, Ja, and Jaron all locked up, right? And if you look at most teams, they have two, three guys that are their main people, and then you just draft, surround them with some young players. You find somebody that's a vet. You put them next to them. Let's call him Steve-O. <laughs> you find another vet that's a good shooter. You find a young guy that maybe you sh- you know struck it rich and you you landed him as a rookie. Let's call him Santi Aldama, and he's on your <laughs> roster. They're okay, but if you want to be really good right now, you have to go make a you have to go make a play for one of these guys. And I think it there's potential, and we'll see. Uh, but the shooting yep. has always been a clear issue. We are loving Danny Green for crying out loud. Danny Green <laughs> is slow as molasses. Is he a good guy rough. to bring off the is he is he a good guy to bring off the bench? Yes. If you want to play him 10 minutes, see if he can space out, hit up some open threes. But playing 10 minutes a game, that's tough. I don't care if you're a vet. I don't care if you are anybody coming in a game at that age, coming off of injuries, and expecting to be in rhythm shooting is tough. I don't care what happened. Um, but Danny Green should not, should not be on this team past the trade deadline. He should not be playing for this team. Well, and I, coming back to the shooting, it's the main issue for this team. It's clearly the main issue for this team. But tonight, again, I just want to point this out. They shot 37% from three. They shot good. 74% from the free throw line on 23 attempts, which isn't great. But the Raptors shot 58% on 12 attempts the free throw line they shot well enough to win tonight they just again there's an immaturity to this team yeah. that you heard experts in the offseason talk about and it's there it's there you heard them in the yeah. offseason talk about that could kill this team and it's showing and unfortunately it's showing on and off the court yeah yeah let's go ahead and get to it now um obviously the john morant issues uh off the court have been an issue John Morant is a polarizing figure in the world, in the NBA, with adults, with kids. No matter what nationality you are, no matter what race you are, he is a polarizing figure. And he is obviously very much debated about, and he is loved by a ton of people, but he's also hated on by a ton of people. And anything you do, when you're a polarizing figure, anything you do when you're a professional athlete is under the microscope. And so I don't know what's going to happen with Ja. I'm not saying that the sky is falling. I'm not saying he's a bad dude. I'm not saying that what he's done, he's completely screwed up. Not saying that at all. So I don't want people to understand and take my, my, I guess my, I guess my talking points to that point. But I, I want to say that, one, enough's enough. And also, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I've always been told by my parents, you are who your friends are. You are the people that you keep close to you. And so 
I don't know what's going on with him, but the the issues that keep coming up are a problem. And that's kind of it's weird. And it shouldn't be happening, but it continues to happen. Yeah, it's I mean, it's been a bunch of little stuff that happens, but you know, it's like and I think this was complete malpractice on the part of the officials at the time, even though there's been a lot of malpractice. I dream for the day I can be as incompetent as Mark Davis and not get fired, by the way, at my job. That would be incredible. <laughs> but when he got tossed in Oklahoma City for talking to that fan, right, it was like complete malpractice for the official to throw him out, right? There's no doubt about it, but it's just there always has to be a little something extra with that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And it's like – you ain't got to say that stuff to the fans. You ain't got to start getting into it with Shannon Sharp. Now, obviously, that starts with Dylan Brooks, which is a whole nother can of worms, but it just keeps happening. There's no reason for me to know John Morant's best friend's name when he's not involved in the basketball world at all. There just isn't. And like I said, it was completely it was debunked that there was any kind of gun. They said there's nothing to corroborate that claim whatsoever. Why are you guys getting into it with Pacers team members after a game? Yeah. Why is that carrying off the court? There was nothing bad enough in that game to warrant that. Dude, there was nobody that was taking a cheap shot or took a dirty play or anything like that going on. Why is that happening? There's no reason for that to be happening. That's a problem. Yeah. And it's a distraction. I mean, listen, I'm no body language psychologist expert, but I'm watching John Moran on the bench tonight because obviously he's the center of attention and in the news for non-basketball stuff. He wasn't engaged on the bench. He was just sitting there and kind of looked like he was in his own little world, which that article had come out about my boys would probably be same thing too, thinking about it. Mm. He wasn't talking to his guys in timeouts. It just it's a distraction. You don't want that. It's a and that's a problem. So yeah, was there was it are people trying to come up with stories about the Grizzlies? Absolutely. But there's been a lot of people that hated Steph Curry because he was awesome. And hated Clay Thompson because he's awesome and hated LeBron because he's awesome, and these stories hadn't been coming out. So, like you said, where there's smoke, there's fire, and it's not a problem right now, but it could be. That could turn into a real problem, yeah. right? And so I, I'm a, I am genuinely concerned about that because mm-hmm. there's just no reason for that to be some, a talking point, and it's been a talking point multiple times. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a, it's an issue that shouldn't be an issue, and usually when with stuff like this, especially the small things, it's usually young guys. Listen, I've been that age. Okay, I know what kind of temper you have. I know the testosterone that's going through your body that you think that you are bigger than anyone, and I had zero money. And I had zero fame. I'm still with zero money and zero fame. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I I just think that you can let it go to your head quickly. And I trust Ja to make good decisions. But he's got to get it under control a little bit, right? Well, and, we, and I don't I don't know what it is or who it is, but I think a little Big Brother love uh, probably wouldn't hurt right now. Yeah, listen, we love Jod, and I think he's an awesome dude. You see the way he interacts with fans. He cares about the city, dude. He yeah. cares about he cares about having a good reputation and like wanting to do right by people. But brother, I mean, 
that's just the kind of stuff that like, like you said, it's you, you understand being that young and having that kind of stuff happen just because you understand why doesn't mean that the what can't turn out terrible. Even if you understand it, even if you understand it and you just don't want that situation to turn into that, man. And I'm not saying I don't know anything about his best friend. It could have been just people got heated in the moment. But here's the thing. The key, it's happened, and it shouldn't happen. Yeah. And somebody's got to step in and say no. And this is the flip side of having T. Morant and that whole squad court side and having all the rappers come and love Ja. You have all this stuff that's a ton of fun. But if you aren't smart about it and you don't keep it under control, it can turn into something else. You can't just – let it happen. The same thing. It's we turn into the on court stuff. You can't just let Zaire take a shot because he happens to be open. You can't just let that mother effer fly anymore. Yeah. Things have gotten too big for that. And so I think there's a little parallel between the off court and the on court with that. And listen, this story in and of itself, whatever, right? It's not that big of a deal. Guys are yelling at each other. Should they be yelling at each other after a game? No, go do your business. Go do what you're going to do. That makes no sense to me. But it's more so the fact that the Grizzlies seem to find themselves in the news for everything but basketball, hmm. right? And that you just don't want that to keep happening. You don't want that to keep happening. So yeah. hopefully it stops. I, yep, I, I completely agree with that. I think it's a, enough's enough, right? And I think this is a conversation, and I think this is a this is a part of coaching. And we'll go back to wrap it all in with coaching a little bit here with Taylor Jenkins and his staff. And I, I think it's a conversation that will be had, probably has already been had. And I think that this is the reason that you have a guy like Taylor Jenkins leading your team right now is because he understands these guys more than a 60 year old or a 50 year old would understand these guys right now. Like he does. And that's the reason that he is a good coach for this team. The on-court stuff, trying to figure out out of timeouts and drawing up plays. I get it. That's frustrating. It's growing pains. It also says we probably need to look at the staff in the off season. Okay. But right now for the off-court problems, I do think there needs to be a conversation, um, with Taylor and that's probably already happened. So I expect this to be a non-issue moving forward. And I expect John to kind of figure it out and get it cleaned up. And he, and I believe uh, he will. Steven Adams is going to solve so many problems when he's back on the court. Yeah. And again, it's like, I understand you don't want the idea of Steven Adams and Funaki. If you're listening, which I'm assuming you are, are a loyal Grizz 901 fan. Are you there? I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. It's not. The idea of Steven oh, Adams God. being important to your team, though, is ugly. Because mm. his style is ugly. It's down and dirty, right? Do you want your guards, the Desmond Baines, the John Morantz, the unicorns of Jaron Jacksons to be the reason your team wins? But at the end of the day, Steven Adams is an awesome, impactful, important player. And him, wanting him to not be an impact and being like, oh, I don't want to be an impactful player and have that make that much of a difference – it's the same as saying you don't want John Morant to make that much of a difference on this team. Hmm. Yeah, it but just is. he's that important right. to the team. So kind of yin yang, right? So you need a little bit of yang to go with your yin in a, in a, in a sense, right? So listen, I, I'm I am white, right? Like I have no like there's no me coolness too, brother. To me. But come on, <laughs> I'm trying to work through this. Okay, let me let me just talk through this. Okay, let me be it's white. Yin and yang, it's not even yin. <laughs> it's the yin is a currency. 
So <laughs> I thought it was yin yang. Why is keep it going, y- keep going, I- keep going, keep Is it Y N or Y N G? You got it. I'm gonna look this up to make sure I'm not. Thank you, because I think I'm right. I think I, I think it's yin yang. Anyway, you need somebody opposite, just like a marriage, right? My wife, you're right. I think. Thank you. See, you're my right. wife, she's okay with sports. Not big into it. Let's me do my thing with sports wise. Her, she's she reads books. I, I don't know if I've finished one before. And she does other things that smart people do. We are opposite. But you know what? We help each other. Just like on the court. You need to have a yin to a yang. And that means you need to have somebody like Steven Adams who can do the dirty work to allow your guys to be finesse players. Allow Desmond Bain to be the finesse player. To allow Jaron Jackson to be the finesse player. To allow John Morant to kind of go do his thing. And then he's there as his protector, but also as his finisher a little bit and is able to finish at the at the basket for him. I think Steven Adams does with that. I think Xavier Tillman wants to be there, but I think he needs a little bit more of veteran. I, I guess he, need, he needs more time to become what Steven Adams. And that's the reason Steven Adams is Steven Adams right now. He wasn't always like this, right? He was always good, but he wasn't like this. This is a different Stephen Adams. I think he treats it differently, and I, and I think that's why you had to have a guy like Stephen Adams for these finesse players. Xavier Tillman is six eight. That means nothing about picks. It means nothing no, about. No, but it's not just picks. He is not even as wide as Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is a mountain of a human being. Just He's the pure amount man. of space that Stephen Adams takes up makes a difference, right? And so Tillman just doesn't take up that much. space base it, it just it's just and tillman's been awesome let me say that like i don't he has been I very had, good i was a way out on tillman at the beginning of the year but at this point dude tillman has filled in like crazy well crazy well yeah. i've been super impressed with him but he's not able to just take up the pure amount of space and steven adams doesn't have to jump for the boards that tillman's not getting tillman's just getting reached over for some of these rebounds it's Steven Adams just is going to grab. It's not about but, that, though. It's about the work prior to the shot or during the shot. It's the work early. That's the problem. If you watch, I'm telling you, if you watch film on Steven Adams and you watch film on anybody else, but mainly let's go Xavier Tillman. Steven Adams is working right when the shot is going up, during the shot, while it's in yep. the air. He's working to get to spots. That's the difference. He has to work early. All these guys are working too late, and that's why they can't get as many rebounds. Jaron Jackson Jr. has never worked for a rebound in his life. He's just tall, and he's that's big. That's not true. He's not worked true. for at least one. At least one. But he's he's always there, right? He's in the area, and so that's why he gets rebounds. Steven Adams is working to get to an area because of the shot projecting and how it's being shot. He's thinking that short, long, right, left, whatever. So he's trying to get to that area. And more times he's right than not. And I'm saying that's, that's an expert skill that you just don't find. Again, that's you just don't. something that he's awesome at that not everybody is. So it all comes back to the same thing. I and mean, we're talking about the same thing. We agree. No, he's that crazy impactful. He's that crazy impactful for this team. And so just to act like, oh, it's just Steve-O's out. It's not that big of a deal. is a mistake. All right. 20 pounds, three inches. That big a deal? 
What are you talking about? We just talked about a skill set that he has as well. I agree I'm just asking you. about his size. You said a size earlier. I'm trying to. Yes, debunk. I think three inches and 20 pounds is a massive deal, especially when it's Steven Adams, which is pure muscle. I think that's the difference. He's got muscle. And Xavier yeah. Tillman. Xavier Tillman has muscle. muscle too, but he doesn't have Steven Adams muscle. You know why? Because nobody has Steven Adams muscle. <laughs> like it's, it's both things. It's a combination of both. He has a skill set, and then he has just a pure physical menacing yeah ability that nobody else has yeah. so it's going to solve a lot of problems but i would love to see them make a trade for shooting and you can go try and get another big i know that's been something that's been put out there um is grizzlies going to get a big for times where adams may well that here's what i'm getting at at times where adams may be out they're like oh he's so important we need another big but i'm like it's the same thing you're not just going to go find another big that just does well, that right well, I- well, let me talk on that because, all right, so that's cool and all, right? Steven Adams isn't built for every playoff team, right? He isn't He isn't like, hey, you can put you can roll Steven Adams out there whenever you want to, right? You can't do that. There's some teams that I'm not saying he's going to get played off the court. He's not as effective against as most teams. Now, don't get me wrong. Steven Adams has been amazing. I am a <laughs> huge supporter of him. Um and I was completely against getting him when we got rid of JV, right? But <laughs> now, you know, hindsight, I'm the idiot, and I'll and I'll claim that. But I will say that when it comes to playoff time, you don't want to you don't want to go all in for that. I think having a guy like John Conchar and having a guy like Xavier Tillman are great, great for this team. They are your backup to your backup. They are your 11th and 12th guy on a really good team. If you have to, somebody gets hurt and you have to go to them, you trust them. They're not going to completely screw it up, but they're going to play enough minutes in a short period of time where you're okay. You're you're not, the sky isn't falling, right? They're the guys that are kind of the vets, even though they're not vets. They're guys that you're not paying a lot that you feel okay to go to them if you had to, but you shouldn't have to go to them as much as you have. Right now, like it's ridiculous that we're having to lean on Xavier Tillman and John Contra. And that is the issue with this team that's currently constructed. We're having to rely on guys like Xavier Tillman and John Conchar way too much. To quote the great Matthew Barry, trust is a strong word, Daniel. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the same, it, it comes back to the same thing. What are your goals? And your goals are as the Grizzlies, not the Thunder to make a playoff West Finals, Finals type run. That should be your goal from now until the Ja Morant, Jaron Dez era, whatever you want to call it, next gen era is over. From here on out, your goal is to make runs at West Finals, Finals championships. You can't play Xavier Tillman and John Conchar meaningful minutes and expect to do that. You just can't. At the end of the day, it's like, listen, it's nice. It's great to have these guys that you can have step in and win games when other guys are out. Guess what? It's already starting to show that they're not winning games when some of these other guys are out. And in the playoffs, you're not winning. If you lose Ja, Dez, Jaron, Steve-O, whoever in the playoffs, you're not winning. It's just the luck of the draw. I was talking – there's a guy that I was talking to today, a friend of mine. He used to play practice squad for the Bengals, and I was talking with him about Bengals-Chiefs game. And he was talking about, man, the offensive line finally started playing, and then they just started dropping like flies. And you look at it, football, basketball, baseball, 
all these sports end of the year half the time it's what team survived the regular season yeah, it is and survived the playoffs and made it to the end and it it sucks but that's just a luck of the draw just look at the draw you got to have your seven or eight guys be there for that finals run and if you don't have them you're sol that's just the end of it and so I yeah, is it nice to have Conchar come in and do this kind of stuff? Sure. Trade the guy for us, the guy who can be your seventh guy in the playoffs. 100 percent Package him. Package him. Because if you're missing your Steve O, if you're missing the only one that I'm actually starting to be borderline with is Tillman, because he's been so effective that when you go to small ball type stuff, I think he can play really effective minutes in that kind of role. But same thing. If you can go get a difference maker in that seventh spot. There's very few guys that are off the table, yeah. obviously, depending on what that price is. So it sucks. But at the end of the day, John Morant went out in the semi Western semis last year, and the Grizzlies lost. You know why? Because John Morant didn't play, and he was averaging 30 and 8. And that's what happens when your guy averaged 30 and 8 didn't play. So I get it. And listen, swing passports, please don't come at me again. I don't hate John Conchar. I'm still not sure that we've made that clear enough. But you're a hater. I'm sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not a John Contra hater. That's not the point. The point is he is your ninth man. You can use him to go get your seventh man. And that seventh man is Otto Porter Jr., Kevon Looney, killing you while you're containing Seth Curry and Clay Thompson. Mm. Every playoff team needs that. And the Grizzlies don't have it right now. Yeah. Yeah, whatever playoff team needs and whatever human needs is good insurance. Our presenting sponsor is Zach Jaworski State Farm at 901-794-3691. You can call them over at ZachInsuresMemphis.com. That's Z-A-C-H, ZachInsuresMemphis.com. Uh, but Zach and his team are very good, very trustworthy, and they will make sure they take care of you for any kind of insurance needs at all. Uh, make sure you call over there, Zach Jaworski State Farm, 794-3691. All right, last thing we're going to get into, and we're going to get out of here. What in the world is going on with the Grizzlies? It's it's the sky's falling, right? I'm joking. Uh, it feels like it. <laughs> All right, Grizzlies, 32 and 91. They have one mm. more game against the Bulls. Bulls haven't been playing great either. Hmm. Worst matter case, right now. Worst case, 32 and 22 at the half. Are you happy with that? Define happy. <laughs> <laughs> The truth be told, I mean, I I'm not gonna look at record because it's it, like as far as overall record, it's nice to have something. I'm looking at two seed in the Western Conference. Okay. If you told me two seed at the Western Conference going to the All Star break, I would be happy because I thought they were going to be struggle. I thought they were going to be four or five territory until about this time, given the Jaron injury and the Zaire injuries, which a Zaire injury is still might as well be an injury. But I was like, I thought they would struggle. They'd be playing these rookies like Roddy, and they wouldn't start putting together till about now. Truth be told, I was almost right in that they still have to put it together right about now. <laughs> so yeah. they're still having to figure that part out. Um, but yeah, they're two. They're the second seed in the Western Conference. Obviously, the context of how the past few weeks have gone sucks. I'm not happy about that. I think there's a. The, definite level of concern because they should be able to fix it. I imagine they will be able to fix it, but there's always a world where they just fall off the map, like a la suns and it gets pretty, it gets worse 
So that's still that's a genuine concern that I don't think is unwarranted at this point. All that to say, yeah, they're the second seed in the Western Conference going into the All-Star break, and they should come out of the All-Star break healthy. So that's going to happen no matter what, because that is the last game before the break, right? Yeah, the Bulls is. And then they have 28 more, third of the season left. And there's a lot. There's a great chance. Wait, that's the last game before the All-Star break, is it really? Yeah, Bulls. Wait, when is All-Star weekend? Uh, the 11th. This weekend. This upcoming weekend. You know, uh, hold up. Is that right? I don't think you're right. Oh, boy. Am I wrong? Yeah. I'm sorry. Before the the trade deadline. I apologize. Yes, it's the 19th. I'm sorry. I've been thinking of the trade deadline. Sorry. I was like, no, because they play the Wolves on the 10th. I was like, no. Still, let's say it was coming up. Yeah, I would still be happy with the two seed in the West. It's just you got to get healthy, man. You need to win. I think you need to win Bulls, Wolves, Celtics, Jazz. I think you need to win two of these games. I think you need to win two of these games. I think you need the one against the Bulls. And I think you need the one against the Wolves. I think you need them both. I think you need to win both those games. And if you take two L's heading into the All-Star break, that's going to suck. But you limp in and you're still all right. I think if you drop all these games heading in, it's it makes it a little bit tougher to turn it around coming out of the break. Yeah. Yeah, 20, 25 games after the break. I apologize. Uh, one thing at a time. That's, that's my fault. I'm trying to get through our shows to the uh, – I got our shows lined up going into the, the trade deadline on Thursday. And then the next weekend on the 19th, uh, which is the All-Star weekend, whatever. Uh, and so they do have four games left, three at home. One on the road to Boston, right? And so <laughs> there's there's no back-to-backs, right? They should be healthy. That's four more games without Steve-O, I would imagine. I would assume. Um, and then maybe after the All-Star break, that's when we'd get Steve-O back. Uh, and that would be the 23rd against the 76ers, who he owns Joel Embiid. That would be a, a, a big game. But 25 games left after the All-Star break, I feel good about – if they go – Two and two, right? At, at that point, I'm fine. You just need to be roughly 20 games, 20 games above 500 <laughs> would be awesome. That'd be a great season. And so they're well on their way. I, I think that they'll ride the ship. I'm not worried about the regular season. Anything I ever talk about is not about regular season at all. I think the regular season will take care of itself. They can fall down to the sixth seed. I don't care because this whole standings could flip on its head each and every week. I don't care what position they're in. I would prefer them to be in the t- a top four position so they can get at least one home series, right? If you're in the top two, then you get yeah. two two series at home. I was like, looking at their uh, their splits, I would prefer a top seed. A hundred percent. But at that point, that, as long as we can figure out a little bit of the issues that are surrounding this team in general, they'll be fine. And so not too worried about it. But looking into, you know, you have one more game. Let me say this right. One more game going into the trade deadline. I think it's very important. We're going to see what we're going to see what shakes. Uh, we do have Sean Coleman. 
from SBN Nation. SBN, is that right? SBN, whatever. SB Nation. Whatever. It's, it's just SB Nation. <laughs> SB Nation. I called them BS Nation last time on accident. <laughs> I got my 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 letters wrong. Uh, but we're gonna have Sean Coleman come on here Tuesday, and we're gonna uh, after the game, we're gonna talk a little bit about the trade deadline stuff. Hopefully, less about the game, so we can actually get into more. Um, I guess info that's coming up. And then Wednesday or Thursday, the Grizzlies do not play. I am hoping that there is a big trade that happens and we have to get an emergency podcast and go live to talk about the trade. Let's keep our fingers crossed. That's what I want to do. So we're going to leave Wednesday and Thursday open at this moment uh, for sure. But we'll see. But Tuesday, when the Grizzlies take on the Bulls, we will have Sean Coleman up here. Uh, and we'll be just kind of, you know, spitting spitting some facts and letting Sean share his his stats with us. Let's get a birthday dub stats. for Nate. That's your I birthday? Need, I need that. That's my birthday. I need a birthday win. So we need that from the Grizzlies. I will not be on the post game because it's my birthday. <laughs> so you'll be alone with Sean. But I, uh, I do want to say one thing. First off, bad news. Grizzlies, I'm praying for the trade that or the, well, the trade deadline, I guess. But also praying for the all-star break. As a Grizzlies fan, good news. Grizz have every chance to come out with their hair on fire out of the all-star break and clicking on all cylinders and regathered, regrouped, ready to roll. The other thing, shout out to Joe Tsai. Is that how you say Joe? Is it Joe Tsai or Joe Tsai? That's owner. Whatever. Reportedly didn't care where they traded Kyrie Irving as long as it wasn't to the Lakers since that's what he wanted. I wow. love the pettiness. And that's from Barstool. So asterisk. But yeah, I, was saying, I hope I that's true because I so appreciate that kind of pettiness. That would be incredible. That would be incredible. I love that. So I'm hoping that's true. Shout out because that's awesome if it is true. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's true because I need something to enjoy tonight. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. Well, the Grizzlies obviously take the loss here. Um, and another one at home, which is which is bad news. But uh, you got an hour-long podcast out of us. I did not want to go this long, but I knew from the start it was going. After we talked continuously for at least 20, 30 minutes, I knew it was going to the hour mark. Uh, but we're here. So let's go ahead and get out of here because there's no reason that we need to keep people uh, any much longer. Uh-uh. Uh, there's plenty of podcasts coming out. I know Free Basketball just dropped, uh, I want to say this afternoon, they dropped mm-hmm. a podcast. Uh, Nate's going to be on another podcast with free basketball, I believe. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I was supposed to be on the last one, and that didn't pan out, did it? Well, so. <laughs> we had ice, and he lives in the boonies, and so that's, nah, uh, that's part playing. of Ryan's uh, It's jokes. It's jokes. I am so, supposed to be on the next one. Yeah, so he's supposed to be on the next one. It's supposed to be coming out in the next few days, so expect another one coming out this week. Um, and then also the No Bluffing podcast. I would imagine they're going to have some hot stuff. They're probably going to ro- have the, the roast of Taylor Jenkins on that one. Uh, that one's Oof. getting kind of hot. So, uh, But that's all we have. Nathan, do you have anything before we get out of here? Don't let Gary Trent Jr. on the plane. Just keep him. <laughs> just put him up in the lofts downtown. Just put him up somewhere. Get him a condo. Let him stay. Just let him stay. Make it happen while they're here. Let's go take him. Should we just take him? Hey, we like Liam Neeson style. <laughs> Excuse me. We're going to need you to stay with us. You have a particular set of skills that we desperately need. <laughs> we need those skills. <laughs> All right. It's time. It's time to wrap this thing up. It is time. Most importantly, let's have a great week. It is Sunday <laughs> night. 
let's have a uh, hopefully a non-ice week, no drama week. Let's get some dubs. Let's have a great week. Be nice and tell your friends. <laughs>